This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tim Butzma is out of Western Michigan, and he started this thing called Doe Patrol. Sounds pretty quirky, but it actually started in the height of COVID when the Boys and Girls Club of America in, in the place where he's from, Holland, Michigan, he found out that these kids were having, you know, less than one meal a weekend, and they often had no meat, no protein source to go with their meal. And she's like, why don't we just donate some venison meat? And that idea sparked this thing called Doe Patrol. And now he's on a mission to feed food banks and put meat into food pantries and, and just collectively inspire people to be less possessive of their does and say, if your freezer's full and you need to take a couple more does, take them and bring them to us. And we'll distribute them to people who need it. This is exactly what hunters are doing everywhere around the world. And I don't understand why we don't celebrate it. And so that's why I wanted to have Tim on. To celebrate him and what he does. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name, my name. is. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter.
So what Absolutely, do you have behind man. you? You can't eat the ants. Yeah, so that's kind of part of the whole gig that we started uh, three years ago now, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of like an oxymoron because I've got you know a, a handful of inches of bone you can kind of see right around it, which is which is funny, but um, you know it's, it 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 kind of started as that reminder of we, we don't just hunt just just for the trophy. So that that was kind of part of the premise, and it 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 really I, I guess you're probably curious how, how it actually started. The biggest thing was a friend of mine reached out to me. Have you ever heard of the Boys and Girls Club of, Club of America? Yeah, yeah, of course. So they uh, they were running out of food during COVID. And he he's like, hey, you're an idea guy. I had served on a lot of committees on the Boys and Girls Club and uh, volunteered there. And he goes, we're, we're running out of food. The, the area where we live, there's a couple of Title I schools, so they get breakfast and lunch there. Um, and then the club provides, uh, currently the club in Holland, just one of the three locations. So I'm from Holland, Michigan. So West Michigan, um, they provide over 800 meals a week. Mm. Um, and the kids weren't getting dinner. And a lot of these kids live with single parent homes, um, multiple kids in the household, usually multiple fathers. Um, and I mean, I mean just like poverty poverty anywhere sure, right sure. um so that's began began the idea of well late doe season in michigan was coming upon us and i was like well let's message a couple buddies and we'll go whack some does and kind of kicked that idea around and everyone who doesn't like killing killing a couple deer so we got we got pretty ex- excited about that and uh I, i'm a religious man i don't know if you are or not but i sure. i just had this weird feeling and it kind of felt like god was talking to me telling me telling me that i wasn't doing enough and and you know, I kind of pushed it aside, and I don't know. An hour or two later, I heard the same thing. Heard the same voice in my head: "You're not doing enough." Mm-hmm. And am I okay? I, I, whatever I got to do, I'm listening. And I sent a message to a friend of mine who runs a a sports person's uh, ministries, is what it's called, and it's a nonprofit organization to get kids in the outdoors and to educate those about the outdoors. And I'm like, well, maybe this kind of help. And he was actually a a cadet leader of mine when I was a little kid. So pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, and it kind of just took off. So yeah, anyways, um, we, we kind of, we kind of kicked it around with a bunch of people and we had our friend at sports persons ministries who runs that nonprofit. uh, And he was like, this is a phenomenal idea. There's nobody that does any sort of fundraising or any hunts with, you know, harvesting does and shooting does. And we're like, I'm I'm like, okay, well, that sounds cool. I like to kill does. I'm, I, usually try to shoot a handful a year for management and we love to eat the meat. You know, we eat about five deer a year, uh, between my wife and I and our one, we have one little kid. He's only three, so he doesn't need a whole lot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can create it into something where, okay, can we maybe even put money into the pantry to be able to buy food so people can go to their pantry to pick up more food? Because a lot of the problem was the, the the Boys and Girls Club was actually driving all over the place and dropping off food to these people, uh, to these kids, into their houses because they, they didn't even have the means of transportation, right? So mm. the the public school in town, West Ottawa, West Ottawa High School, was like they had drop off locations, right? But you had to be able to get there. So you would have these kids who they might not know how to ride a bike or they don't have a phone, so they can't get to the they don't know where the drop off location is. 
or mom and dad work or mom works multiple shifts and there's just no means there. So a lot of the kids that actually go to the club, and this is part of why I was so passionate about them for so many years, is they, they're lucky to get one meal on a weekend. Mm. And I've never had that feeling in my life. So my heart's always kind of sank for them. And then when all of a sudden someone tells you they don't have any food at all, you're just mm-hmm. you're, you're just heartbroken. You know, I'm thinking about my son. And, and now at this time in life, we have two kids. Um, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I cannot imagine only being able to try try to get him one meal on an entire weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Dude, it's uh, so. Anyways, it's powerful. And um, Tim, I, and I, I apologize for how I'm going to say your last name because I am South African, and your last name is very <laughs> South African. So Tim Butsma. How else would you? How do you say it? Butsma. So you're close. Bootsma. Okay. So, yeah. well, I'll just say Tim Bootsma. Welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. I'm, I'm, it's, it's absolutely my pleasure. I only came across you probably 10 days ago and um, immediately just scrolling through your Instagram and listening, not listening, but watching and seeing and, and reading. I was like, man, this is the kind of guy I want to have a hard-hitting conversation with. Um, but here's a little bit of insider knowledge coming out of South Africa that you may not know of. But your bootsma, why I call you bootsma, but in South African, in Afrikaans, is brother. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So I, um, it's almost like what you call, it's just like colloquialism. Where you go, hey, but how are you doing? So, yeah. Um, Tim, introduce yourself. You've given a little bit of introduction, but introduce yourself, where you're from. Sounds like you got one savage already, one on the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my name's Tim. I'm married. I've got a wife. Um, we live in uh, West Michigan, so Grand Rapids. We're about 30 minutes straight west of that in Holland. Um, I have a three-year-old son who I was actually lucky enough to take out and shoot my first deer with this year in a blind. So he got to see his first animal go down and track it. It was best feeling in the world i would give up any deer i have hanging on the wall to do that again um and then i have a little girl who'll be one in february um amazing i am a i'm a third generation family owned and operated uh chocolate shop so i always joke i'm only walking wow. by day and yuppie redneck by night yeah <laughs> i like it i like it yeah Yep, yep, yep. So, and I actually was—I pro- was probably in your—I was probably in your neck of the woods. Um, gosh, maybe three weeks ago, November, November the seventh-ish or something like that. I drove. We drove from Tennessee up to probably an hour and a half north of Grand Rapids. Okay, what were what were you doing up there? Uh, we went and saw. Well, we were filming a lady, a ninety-three-year-old woman. Okay. who had um, been in the hunting industry for forever. She won um, a, an award, and um, we wanted to go film her. Her name is Audrey Mertland. And, uh, and then we stopped in and saw our friends at the Legends Ranch. Um, and we uh, yeah. Yeah, got to experience you, and we got to experience a massive snowstorm on the way out. It was, I, can't, I don't know if you remember, there was a snowstorm like three weeks ago that came in and sort of pummeled everyone with – two to four foot of snow and we got out early yeah. morning and we we're like let's just roll and it was yeah. for a south african driving out of tennessee in michigan it was 
it was treacherous. <laughs> For you guys, it was probably was, just like, ah, this is normal. Yeah, I was uh, I was down in our farm in Illinois, and we so it had just started. We were on our way down to uh, Central Illinois to our farm down there, and we drove. It took us an extra hour and a half to get down there because the roads were so bad. But uh, mm-hmm. on our way back, there wasn't a lick of snow until we hit Michigan, and it was it was horrible. But it's actually funny you say legends. Uh, I grew up. My a really good friend of mine has got a, a cabin or a cottage right on a lake, uh, literally right across the road from Legends Ranch. Oh, amazing! So, so I've I've spent a ton of time in that area. Um, my parents have a cottage about twenty minutes north of there, so it's a it's a pretty cool place. Outstanding, outstanding. So, tell me about this 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 dough. Is what is it? dough by design? Doe Patrol, you know, kind of something Doe that patrol. everybody always says. And white, whitetail hunters like to call it Doe Patrol. So we just made an actual event for it. So, yeah, and it it's just transpired into something that is, is growing like crazy. We've we got some amazing partners this year that just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that God had his hands and about mm-hmm. everything there. Um, and w- without him, none of this would be possible. Um, it's, uh, it's quite an amazing thing to see every little thing that has come together over the last three years. And we're actually, so we're still raising money now. Uh, we have merchandise that people can buy online. They can order it. Uh, you, we got the, you can eat the antlers, the, uh, logo behind me. And then we actually designed one this year that that's called freezer queen. So you can, uh, it's got a logo, a picture of a dough and then right over top of it, it's a freezer queen. So to this year, the whole hashtag was hashtag freezer queen. To put some do- some doughs down and put meat in freezers for local pantries. So the Instagram handle is Dough Patrol one word underscored M I, and in their bio, and it says our mission: educate those about the outdoors, partner, raise funds for organizations, putting meat on tables for those in need. Um, so history-wise, you said you've been going for three years now. Yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been super blessed. So we started we started three years ago during the pandemic, um, and that was that was the, the premise was to to help feed these kids that that spend time at the boys and girls club because they weren't getting food. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, last year we were still kind of climbing that climbing out of that during the hunting season. So we we did the same thing, um, and now that schools are open and whatnot, and the boys and girls club open, they have funding from the state for food. So we kind of Went a little bit of a different direction, but we're still focusing on putting food in pantries. So we, we this year, I got a tally on my board right now. We've got six pounds of ground that we've put into freezers. Um, the first drop-off we did was 36 pounds, and it was gone in three days. It was amazing. It was so cool. Um, but we got So a where are you putting this? Are you guys doing the processing yourself? Yep, yep. So we do we do all the processing. It comes in. At my barn's all kind of set up for that. I got a bunch of commercial grade equipment and a winch and whatnot. And so we get a handful of guys in here. And actually tonight I've got a couple of my buddies are coming back from a, a Nebraska muzzleloader hunt and they all, sh- they shot four, uh, four mule deer. So they're donating all four mule deer. They got it quartered out and they're bringing it over. I got a walk-in cooler behind the barn. So I'll throw it in the cooler until next week after Christmas, get a bunch of buddies over. We'll process the meat and, uh, get it right into a pantry so tell me about the network of pantries is this just food pantries that 
are looking for meat that are just, you know, please, you know, get us as much as you possibly can? Or what's the situation? Yeah, so there's, uh, I want to say we've had three or four different pantries reach out now that we can send meat to. And then we had another gentleman reach out to me and like, they, he just had a family that was in need of food. So we, we of course kind of attack that right away when someone, someone we know has somebody that they, they need something. We're, we're immediately trying to service those needs, whether I grab pounds out of my freezer and, and bring that over, or we try to take it, take a dough out, or we take one from the freezer already. Cause my coolers that we can hang deer in. Um, so we usually always have one hanging that's for donation. So that, that's a huge blessing. But anyways, the network of, the network of um, pantries is pretty much in this Holland area. Um, so it's right now we're really focusing on harvest stand ministries. They don't get a whole lot of meat donations. So that's why we mm -hmm. focused on them this year. Um, they get a lot of canned goods and stuff like that. And that's, what's hard. It's like, man, that's such a big part of your diet is, you know, being able to, being able to consume that meat. And when you can't get any of it, it's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I can afford to go buy a buy cow or buy, buy a beef, right? You know, we used to get a half a cow. And then I was like, what am I doing? I can go shoot a bunch of deer and it's way more organic and better for you. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it it certainly does. It's interesting. One of the things that we harp on constantly that you guys are obviously doing is we don't ever hunting hunters do a terrible job of patting themselves on the back essentially of show and and really showcasing the benefits and consequences of the thing that they that is hunting right you you're the epitome of that you know, the the whole reason to why you hunt specifically in this regard is to benefit others yeah as as much as we can <laughs> what do you do you think we've do you, what is your opinion about the pervasiveness of that are you unique do you think um no uh it's a double-edged sword a little bit i think there's a lot of hunters out there especially in the whitetail world that's super possessive to hunting um whether it's that's my deer and it's like no dude it's a wild animal that's not your deer mm -hmm. um and around here there's a lot of you know 5 10 15 20 acre chunks so people are possessive to the land that they can hunt whether it's permission leased or owned um there's just a level of entitlement to that. But with that being said, I have a, a good family, a friend that they've got a substantial large, a large farm, so, so a substantial amount of land. And they donate to people in the area like 30, deers, 30 deer a year. So way mm. more than what we're doing. But they have a, a large family too. They got 20 hunters that are hunting this piece of land and they're donating tons of meat. Um, so I, I don't think that I'm necessarily like an outlier, so to speak, especially, I just think that people don't realize that there's, there's things out there to be able to help other people. Right. It's like Michigan has this thing called, um, Michigan outdoorsmen against hunger. Um, and a lot of 
processors in our state partner with them. Michigan Outdoorsmen Against Hunger is a nonprofit, so they raise funds to pay processors for meat, and then they they push it into pantries statewide. Right. Well, most people have no idea that that's even an avenue that they can go down. So that's part of the Dope Patrol mission is to educate those about the tools that are in front of you so that mm-hmm. we can continue to, to, to help other people. Because the reality is, is if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. But if you teach a man a fish, mm-hmm. he eats for a lifetime. And that's the same thing that I believe we can do here with hunting. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that or maybe, you know, have you seen a change? Have you seen people more engaged in the thing that you do? Like you see it more pervasive in social media, people shooting does or, you know, to the, to the possessiveness of, of deer and, and places. Do you see more people saying, yes, come on to my place and take a doe or two? Have you seen a change in the last um, three years since you started? I'd say I've I've got one or two instances that it's starting to change. This year, we really we really grew tremendously. Um, we're over ten thousand dollar raised. I think we're actually almost at eleven. Um, and Huntwise, I don't know if you've ever heard of Huntwise. Yeah. Um, Huntwise Mapping. They actually for every hundred dollars you donate, you get a free pro membership. Oh, so amazing. if you if you donated a hundred bucks, you'd get a free sixty dollar pro membership. It's like, well, it's barely even a donation. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, it's mm-hmm. so it's a super cool partnership because a lot of people aren't aren't um very I'm not gonna say giving because it's not that they're not giving, but they're just not apt to give, right? Whether it's their time, their money, their resources. We live in a society that's just very selfish. But this year we did have, I want to say, two or three people that actually went and knocked on doors of farmers locally that just have does piling in their fields. They're like, hey, can we hunt your fields? And they're like, we already hunt. And then they kind of told them what we have going on. They're like, oh, yeah, go shoot a few doe. That's really cool. Love what you're doing. Hundreds. Hundreds, man. That's exactly. That's that's a great example of, I, I think, anybody. That if you tell them, hey, can we hunt your property to kill a couple of does to put into the food pantry system? Right. Gosh, there must be a sort of a black lump of coal if you say no. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> Gosh, damn, yeah. man. I, I don't, really? I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how your moral compass would say after saying no to, or would be after saying no to something like that, but mine would be. Mine would be spinning in circles. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and we and that's kind of part of what we're working on right now. We um we've got a few pieces of land that this year we were able to. We got a new hunter his first year with a bow. Um, he actually shot two this year. Shot a button buck and a doe, which was super cool. Um, and then we got another young kid his first year during shotgun season. He actually shot a really really decent eight point. Um, so we've got a couple farms right here locally that. That's kind of what I'm trying to get them more set up to be able to use them for. And that's kind of another piece of that, educating those about the outdoors. It's getting new people into the, into, into hunting and then throwing them right into what we're doing with Doe Patrol and being like, look at, like, this is what we get to do. And immediately with both those guys that we, we took out this year, they were like 100% in with Doe Patrol, with, with the event, 
with a fundraiser, with getting other people involved. And, and to me, that's more what it's about is getting other people to realize what's in front of us and what we can do with our resources and then let it kind of take itself off or take off mm-hmm. on its own. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, given our audio issues in the beginning, what give me again the details of how like doe patrol started as i said i see the the sign behind you it says you can't eat the antlers which you know a lot of people (laughs) trophy hunting wise you know like uh you know you know there's a stigma right there's stigmas around trophy hunting and doe hunting and meat hunting and whatnot what what caused you like in the moment to say shit we have to do this so that that was back in 2020. Uh, like like I said, I'm a, I'm Willy Wonka by day and Yuppie Redneck by night. So I was I was actually making um, chocolate and I was stirring the kettle. I got a 30 pound copper kettle and I'm sitting there and I'm uh, I'm I've stirred the kettle and I, I'm I'm literally just thinking about nothing. I'm watching cars drive by. I love people watching. Um, mm. And is your chocolate kettle hear, in the window that they can watch you do the same thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's okay. that's a big part of our business is being able to show people, you know, the product, the product that we're making. And I just hear the words, "You're not doing enough," and it sounded like somebody spoke them to me, right? Like they they came into my ear, not like they were just in my head. And and like I said, I'm a fairly religious man. Um, and when I heard that, I was just kind of like, oh well, that that was odd. And, you know, kind of look around. I'm the only one in the store. You know, it was early. It's Christmas season. I came in early to produce product, to get herself ahead for the day. And a few hours goes by and I had, I, I had kind of forgotten about it. I pushed it aside and I hear the same thing. I'm cooking caramel at this time. I can remember exactly. I was cooking caramel. I was like 1.5 degrees away from finishing the batch of caramel. And I just hear you're not doing enough. And at that point, I was just like, okay, God, I'm listening. Did he, was it specific to like deer hunting or was just general, like you're not doing it? Yes. Yes. It it had a hundred percent bearing on, I wasn't doing enough with what had come to fruition with the boys and girls club going and shooting does talking to our first organization, sports persons ministries. And like, that's kind of where it sat for a handful of days. And right after that is, you know, I was kind of thinking about it in the morning and then I was kind of not, I was on and off, you know, talk, thinking about everything in the day, holiday season. And then when I hear you're not doing enough, it's like it immediately clicked to what had just came to my attention, that there was a need that needed to be filled. I'm like, okay, well, I went home, went to my wife, and I said, hey, we need to do more. And she said, okay, what do you need from me? And I said, I need you to design a logo. We need to design design shirts. We have to be able to sell these things. Uh, we're going to purchase them all, and we're going to give 100% of the proceeds to the to what we raise. And, and, uh, yeah, so she did that. Um, and I kind of got going with some friends and started a social media page, started posting mm-hmm. some stuff. We got a bunch of merchandise sales right away. It was, it was, it was a lot going on in a very short period of time. We had less than two weeks before mm-hmm. what, what we called the event and mm-hmm. for, for late dough season. Um, and, and what was the event? The event was the hunt, or the event was a gathering? Yep. Or? Yep. So the the event we we all we all got to, anybody was welcome. Like literally anybody was welcome in my barn. Um, we had 
we ended up having um, the first year we would we just had merchandise sales. We had a bunch of raffle items, so we had some people donate some items through our our local pro shop. Some people went out and purchased stuff, so you could come and buy raffles. We we uh, grilled burgers and brats for everyone at lunch and bought pizzas for everyone at dinner. You know, it's kind of just a camaraderie thing where you can just hang mm-hmm. out, be in community, be in fellowship with other hunters, which there's nothing better than that being essentially like a deer camp for just shooting does and raising yep. funds for supporting those in the community. In that first year, I want to say we shot our most amount of does and it was 13. And then we ended up. Are people just going well, out and, actually, and hunting or bringing them back in at the time? Yeah. What, what, what? Yeah. So that all was, day is really right. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. Yeah. So we take them Friday. We took them Friday through Sunday. Um, and so the event was Friday well, actually, through Sunday. Correct. The, actually, the craziest thing is we started a Venmo, and right off the bat, we were getting twenty dollar Venmo, fifty dollar Venmos. And then all of a sudden got our first hundred or $100 Venmo and we're like, holy cow, this is going to become something. And this is before the event even actually took off. So mm. we're getting that. And then all of a sudden someone contacted me shortly thereafter and we had maybe five, 600 bucks in the Venmo account and said, hey, I want to donate 500 bucks. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is really, that's a ton, that's a ton of money. Like this, we're just, okay. Yeah, I love that. And they're like, but here's the catch. I want to be a match donor. I was like, okay, well, now uh, what God told me I wasn't doing enough is coming true. I need to bust my butt because I got to raise five hundred dollars so this guy will donate five hundred bucks. And and I posted it to my social media as a as a um, just a story. And I think we had about an hour and a half, and we had enough funds in the Venmo account. And we had already matched the five hundred dollar donor, so it, it was it was pretty cool. The um, that year we ended up raising. Three thousand um, dollars. People could drop off those from Friday through Sunday, um, so we're kind of here at the house, hanging out all day. Come check it out. You go hunt at your own property. We do have a few pieces that people can hunt, um, but they're usually filled up pretty fast, and we like to try to put new hunters on those. Which is pretty that's sweet. awesome. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So every year you've you've you held the event at the same time of the year. It's just one event. Or is it now almost like you're, you've expanded to we're open all hunting season long kind of thing. Drop your does off when, when you can. Um, so last year we did the same thing and we ended up raising just shy of $9,000, um, which half of that went to sports persons ministries and they, they're an incredible organization. Um, they promote the youth and the outdoors and they're actually part of our mission statement is, you know, educating those about the outdoors. And one of the things that they they're focusing on is actually teaching people more, more so adults who feel like there's a hard entry into the hunting world. Like there's a barrier there that they can't get into. Sure. So like I've heard so many times in my life, right. You get a, a 30, 40 year old man. that's like, Oh, I've always wanted to hunt, but I, I, I didn't grow up with a, a father that was a hunter. So it, sure. it just doesn't work for me. So what they do is actually they're they're this year is the first year they're going to be doing this. They're going to do a 12 week, I believe it's a 12 week course. Don't quote me on this. I might not be correct, but I think it's a 12 week course, one course a month and each month they're going to give you new tools on what you can do and how to hunt. So like in the spring, they'll do a turkey hunting course. They'll teach you how to turkey hunt, how to use a call, et cetera. In the spring, they'll teach you how to scout for deer, 
how to properly hang a tree stand, how to use a lifeline on a tree stand, and how to be safe while doing that. Because that's another huge thing here. We don't allow anybody to go out in the woods without a safety harness. Um, and that's actually where Hunt to Heal kind of came in, the other organization. Um, Hunt to Heal is an organization that was started by now a friend of mine, Carson, um, who got in a motorcycle accident. He's paralyzed from the armpits down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was depressed for like two years. And a buddy of his actually threw him over his shoulders, walked him out to the blind, and, and he gave him no option. He's like, you're coming hunting with me. And Carson's like, I didn't want to go. I was kind of pissed about it. You know, mm. I thought my life was kind of over. Um, and he, he took him out for a morning sit. And he said, he sat down in the chair, his buddy put him down in the chair and the whole world, you know, you know, you know, that morning hunt, right? The whole world starts yeah, to slowly yeah, yeah. wake up. The leaves, the, the birds start chirping. The squirrels are coming down out of the trees. You know, the, the sun is starting to glisten on the leaves. You're seeing the, the dew on the ground. And, and he said that, I mean, he explained all of that, right? That feeling that every hunter loves. The morning hunt is just a beautiful thing. Um, and he said in that moment, he forgot he was paralyzed. All of his pain disappeared. And he felt free of all the burdens he'd felt for two years. Mm-hmm. And so he started that organization to be able to help people become free of their burdens, of their limitations and to get into the healing process after their accidents. And so that's why it's called Hunt to Heal, is they're, they're really trying to push the healing process and using the mm-hmm. outdoors. So again, that's a, that's a big part of um, you know us, us educating those about the outdoors because people have no idea that, par- I mean, besides the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which you see the Drury family doing a bunch of stuff and some of the celebrity hunting, hunting people out there that do a Make-A-Wish hunt every year, there's, there's not... You don't see a whole lot of that and mm-hmm. you don't know how to help people in that way. And so that's another organization that we're trying to use Dope Patrol as a vessel to educate people like, look at this. There's an organization out there that can help you heal. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. So and the outdoors kind of. Go ahead. No, I said kind of a rabbit trail away from. No, it's a perfect uh, rabbit trail. It's. We, you know, again, it it ties back into the messaging that we as hunters have done a very poor job of showcasing what we actually do. And I couch it like this for people, for wildlife and for communities all around the world. You started talking about meat distribution and people not having, you know, you can't think of someone not having the ability to have meat with their meal. You know, I just came back from Zim and Zambia where meat is a luxury, right? An absolute luxury in these places where hunting is going in and providing a meat source. Yes, they've got cattle, but cattle is not a meat source in these areas. Cattle is an economic asset. It's like money in the bank. You don't slaughter your money in the bank. You grow your money in the bank. And, you know, to hear these guys talk and... and, and this is way away from a doe, but to hear these guys talk about elephant meat and how it's like the number one meat that they've ever had really changes your perception around the idea of like wildlife management and sustaining ecosystems with like very large mega charismatic megafauna, you know? And 
nobody knows that, that that's what hunters are doing. Just like Doe Patrol. Hardly anybody knows about organizations like yours. And that's why I wanted to have you on. That are purposely doing the work to feed others. The hunt to heal. We know that the, the outdoor space is a healing space. We know that veterans utilize it for all sorts of things to cure. PTSD specifically. But we don't advocate and we don't showcase it enough. No. No, we don't. And it, it's it's actually been a lot of fun listening to your podcast more. And, um, you know, another one that really has kind of given me a little bit more drive. Honestly, I give the guys at Working Class Bowhunter a lot of props. You know, they mm. did their, their big Africa hunt and they have been pushing and pushing being an advocate for what that does for the culture in Africa and what it does for the, you know, the, the, everyone. I mean, it benefits everyone in Africa when you go out there and do a hunt. It's not just for you going out there and shooting some trophies and being happy. I mean, it, it, def, it 100% benefits so many different areas in business. And that's, that's how I kind of feel to a degree with just going out and shooting a doe. It's like you can spend... Mm-hmm four hours of your time sitting in a tree stand or in a blind or shoot at the base of a tree or on a stump and go shoot a doe. Bring that back to a processor in town who's partnered with with a nonprofit organization to put meat into pantries. Like, how hard is that? You don't have to fly to Africa to feed Mm -hmm. people in need of food. You can do it Mm -hmm. in your backyard. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's the premise of it. And that's... That's the idea behind Doe Patrol, and that's that's the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that it's just going to continue to grow uh, as people become aware of that. And yeah, I, I mean, I've heard so many times in the last few years, well, well, will you take my deer? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take it. No problem. Absolutely. Well, well are you sure? Yeah. Well, well, I don't have any place to go with another deer. Like my freezer's full. I'm like, yeah, yeah well, we'll shoot another one, please shoot three more. We'll take them all. And mm-hmm. it's like, you, you don't, you don't just need me. I, I'm just, I'm more of a spokesperson for it. I just had to create an event to make it a little bit more known in our, in, even our West Michigan community, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's a cra- it's just been crazy. You know, Huntwise has been an awesome partner. It, it, they they really helped. Our local pro shop donated a 350 Legend uh Bolt Action Savage with a Vortex. I think it was a Vortex Sonora. Um Wow, nice. And so we raffled. Yeah, sit gun. It was a sit gun. I wanted one. I was like, "Oh, would you would you give me two? <laughs> and uh <laughs> and That's there, when you yeah, start was, contributing like, your own funds to your own efforts. Oh, trust me, we we do. My wife, my wife asked how big of a check we had to write this year to make this happen. So, um, for, fortunately, we've uh, we've sold enough chocolates this year, so we've we've been able to make it. There work. we go. Good, good, good. So, but but yeah, it's uh, it, it's been nuts. You know, we're at we're at over like I said, we're over ten thousand dollars this year. We actually had it was really cool. We had Hunt to Hill came and a, and a, a, a gentleman in the in the community actually had fallen out of a tree stand. Um, so he was he was here as a as a spokesperson for hunt to heal 14 years ago his tree stand collapsed and he fell all the way to the base of his tree he had another tree stand strapped to his back and he landed on his back on that platform and and broke his spine and he's been paralyzed ever since and so mm. he came on behalf of hunt to heal to speak about 
the organization and what everybody that was here was able what was doing with their funds and what that was going to and every single person here was was like how do we get involved uh, how can i volunteer we mm-hmm. it was so cool you know you, you um dog tracker they, they've been with us for since the beginning i'm a huge firm believer of dog tracking um hunters get very over ambitious to track their game and and kind of jump the gun too often I've done it myself, and then you end up losing your game, and that's never a good thing because then you waste meat, and we don't like to waste meat uh, around here. So we we do we do a lot with dog trackers, and my my friend my friend Alex Hunt with Hunt's Canine Game Recovery, um, he came and did a, a speech on you know how much blood it takes for a deer to lose, and he, it was it was hilarious. He's like, dude, fill up two two liters of uh of pop with water and red dye, poke a hole in the top of it. Now sprint through the woods as fast as you can, squeezing that. That's what your blood trail looks like if you're a deer. You got to run through two two liters. How far can you go? It's like a deer's mm-hmm. not going to bleed out for two two miles, right? So educating mm-hmm. those about the outdoors again. So we had that 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 tool is such a it's incredible. Most hunters are like mind blown when they hear things like that. Like I've been hunting for thirty years. I, I know how to track a deer. Like you do. Okay, well why'd you lose one this year? <laughs> like I, I mean i do it too i'm no better than the rest but it's it's just so it's it's been such a fun learning curve um so yeah and then ross graveling with sports persons came and you know he talked about his fishing tournaments and they had like 80 boats out in the in the in lake michigan this year with all kids catching fish and, and it's so cool so our partners have been instrumental into growing dope patrol and because of them we've been able to raise so much money and so much meat. I mean, we were at, I don't know, we're at 12 does have been, we're shot now. I don't know what the meat, let's just say 30 pounds, so 360 pounds roughly. So roughly 360 pounds of meat on top of the, I don't remember how many we've processed, 80 mm. pounds in the in the barn here. So we're, we're over 400 pounds of meat have gone into pantries here this year, amazing. which is amazing. No, absolutely amazing. Now you guys are doing great work, man. And as I said, I just want to, I heard about you. You came across my feed somehow, um, checked you out, listened to a couple of things, read a couple of things. I was like, man, they're doing such good work. We like to have interesting people who are just doing good work that showcase the benefit of hunting. Um, and so I just reached out. So thank you, Tim. Bootsma, not Bootsma. And uh <laughs> If we can do anything for you, please don't hesitate to reach out to us, okay? Uh, any, any, we're all about you know, sh- sharing the message of, of the good of what hunting's doing. So don't hesitate, okay? I, I appreciate that. You know, If anybody's willing to help support the cause, our Venmo is at Dope Patrol. You can follow our Instagram and Facebook tags and, and uh, follow along. You can support that way. By, we, we ship merchandise all across the U.S. I'll have to get you a Freezer Queen shirt. You bet. Thanks. Have a blessed night. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.